Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hello and welcome to Labor Day, the 125th Labor Day of this country. I'm so excited to have a guest today on Labor Day that was oh, celebrated so many years ago, came into being to really honor the workers of America and what workers bring to this country. Colonel Allen West was with me on Memorial Day, and I asked him to come back on Labor Day, and so he did. And thank you so much for being back. My pleasure to be back with you, Valerie. Yeah. And last time, you gave us some interesting... Oh, what would I say? Accents from different parts of the world where you have been. Uh, do you want to just keep the normal yeah, accent today? Yeah, I speak with my southern accent. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. And Texans for sure. Well, a little bit of Texas in there too, y'all. We're thank you, y'all. We're going to talk about yeah. how impactful Colonel West uh, is is currently and is going to be for the state of Texas. But let me just set this up by telling those of you who may not know all of the things about you, Colonel West, what I'd like for them to know. So here we go. 22-year career in the United States Army, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. Served in several combat zones, received many honors. Let me give you a few of them. The Bronze Star, three Meritorious Service Medals, three Army Commendation Medals, one with valor and a valid valorious unit award valorious unit yeah what is that exactly well some people say that's when you do really stupid things and you survive <laughs> to talk about it okay. but uh you know to, to us we just did our job you, you know? just did your job yeah that's a lot of awards sir no, i'm looking you. at what's on your lapel or well i always tell people i could not fly airplanes but i could jump out of them so i was a paratrooper and so i have the Army Master Parachutist Wings, and also Navy Marine Corps Parachutist Insignia. I can't even imagine jumping out of an airplane. That's okay. <laughs> what you don't want to imagine is the parachute <laughs> not opening up. Sure. Jumping out is fine. It's the parachute <laughs> thing that you want to be concerned about. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let's keep going. Yeah. He also uh, was, in 2010, elected to Congress representing Florida's 22nd District. You're a Fox News contributor, mm-hmm. as I am, uh, and author of two books and one coming out soon. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Tell us about that. Well, the first one is Guardian of the Republic, uh, an American Ronin's Journey to Faith, Family, and Freedom. It's kind of like an uh, autobiographical, uh, philosophical biography of you know what developed me between my, my upbringing, my parents, the military. And then the second one is Hold Texas, Hold the Nation. I think it's very important that uh, Texas continues to be the beacon of liberty, freedom, small business entrepreneurship, and that indomitable, rugged uh, individualism. And you are an indomitable, rugged individual Uh, and one of the most disciplined people I have ever met. So you have made a decision recently, Colonel Mm -hmm. West, that 
uh, <laughs> I think is a pretty bold decision. Would you tell us what it is and how mm -hmm. did you come to make this decision? Sure. Back in August, I made the decision. And as a matter of fact, it was uh, August 15th, uh, right before National Airborne Day, because I thought that was symbolic that I would run for, to be the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. I think that when you look at the principles and values that have made Texas so successful, and the reason why so many people want to come here and businesses and corporations are moving here, mm -hmm. we have to maintain those principles and values. You know, a lot of people don't realize that Texas has the 10th or 11th largest economy in the world. Uh, and when you think about that GDP strength, yeah. uh, what makes it so? And you look at so many people that are moving away from some failing states, you know, just up the road from where your studio is right here, Toyota, North America, moved from California to, uh, to Plano, Texas. And so we have to ask that question, uh, answer that question, and ask that question, why did you come here? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's important that people realize it. So I want to make sure that those principles and values of faith, family, individual responsibility, quality education, uh, small business entrepreneurship, our free market system, and also our national security. Texas has the largest military installation in the world, and that's Fort Hood, Texas, which was my last duty assignment. Uh, the F-35 system was uh, developed over there in, uh, in Fort Worth. You look at the port facilities that we have here and so many of the air bases. And if you want to throw in a little history, the most decorated uh, soldier from World War II was a Texan, Audie Murphy. And I think a lot of us remember him. Yeah. So all of those things are important to maintain and sustain for future generations. Uh, that's why I want to be the chairman of the Republican Party here, which... A lot of people don't know the Republican Party of Texas was founded on Independence Day, July the 4th of 1867, by 150 blacks that were recently free from slavery. I don't think too many people know that. I certainly didn't. Well, that's why you got me to, to, <laughs> to share those tidbits of history. So, Colonel West, as mm -hmm. a friend, you said to me some time ago that you didn't think you'd ever get back into politics, kind of. Yeah. Um, and here you are. So I'm curious, how did the family, um, wh what did your wife and the girls, what did they have so, to say about this when you were considering well, it? There were three options that people were consistently presented to me, uh, run for U.S. Senate, run for the congressional district in which we live, and then also some people were talking about the chairmanship. And so we sat down as a family and we talked about where can you have the biggest impact. And when mm -hmm. you look at Texas and how important it is, you know, there's only one flag that can fly at the same height as the American flag in, in our country, and that's mm -hmm. the flag of Texas because Texas was a republic first before it became a state. Uh, so you look at where you can have that impact, and my wife and my daughters, my, you know, my wife is an Army brat. Her dad served 24 years in the military, two tours in Vietnam. He's buried in Arlington National Cemetery. They understand what it means to serve this country mm -hmm. and, and the, the sacrifice and the commitment. And they, you know, my two daughters who are living, you know, one is living here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the other one up in the, the D.C. area. They want to make sure that they have the same opportunities that uh, I had and my, my wife had, you know, to have legally immigrated here from Jamaica and she got a dual bachelor's, an MBA and a PhD. So we want to see that same success and opportunity for our daughters and they understand that dad, you know, you need to get back into the fight. And so mm. that's why they gave me their seal of approval for, for this race because they felt it was the place to make the biggest impact. Well, clearly you will. And you used the word fight. 
what really will you be doing? Like if yeah. I were following you every day in mm -hmm. that position, what would I see you well, doing? Well, the important thing as the uh, chairman of the Republican Party of Texas is to go out there and recruit, train, equip, resource, you know, good quality constitutional conservative candidates and uh, get them into elected positions. And I think one of the places we failed here in Texas is that we have not looked at those local elections, the city council elections, the school board. I tell people the most important election, uh, the most important uh, elected office in the country is school board because you're shaping the future generations. And when I think about what used to be the American education system, it has devolved into the American indoctrination system. Mm -hmm. And we've got to get it back to where we are educating our young people and preparing them to be critical thinkers mm -hmm. and not just mindless lemmings. You know, when I, when I look at what is happening in our country and, you know, back in, in August, we were watching the events unfold in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. where you had young people taken to the streets because they wanted liberty, they wanted freedom. They did not want to be under the oppression and the tyranny of the communist Chinese government. Mm -hmm. But yet we have young people here in the United States of America that are protesting to have socialism and communism and therefore the tyranny that comes right along with it. So something is, is just not right, and I think it comes back to our education system. It's just out of balance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And for whatever reason, uh, we stopped being adults, <laughs> and we uh, tried to be friends with our kids, and we uh, allowed and we have given over our responsibilities of raising our children to other people. And when it says very clearly in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way that they should go, so that when they grow old, they shall not depart from it. That's our responsibility as parents. Absolutely, it is. Uh, in your newsletter, you call it the old school patriot. Yeah. Why did you name it that? What does that mean? Well, you know, when I think about, you know, being a patriot, I, I'm talking about an old school patriot. I'm talking about someone that stands on principles and values that made this great nation what it is, uh, made this great nation a beacon that so many people from around the world want to come and be a part of, even people that want to come here illegally. You know, right. when I lived down in South Florida, I used to tell folks I'd never seen anyone get on a boat and, and row over to Cuba. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. So so I think that, you know, being an old school patriot means going back to those old school ways. And that's kind of how, you know, we used to describe our parents down south. You know, he's old school, you know. Just, <laughs> and, and that's what I want to be. And I think that's what we should be. And don't you think that everyone, I don't care what your, your bend is politically, doesn't everyone really want just to go back to some strong values? I would, I would think so, but in the absence of people talking about those strong values, then people are going to go whichever way they hear the loudest uh, message that is out there, even if it's coming from a minority of voices in this country. Mm-hmm. You, um, you were quoted also in one of the newsletters that I read. You talked about how we should be looking at America not as a geography, mm -hmm. but as an ideal. Yeah, America is not just a piece of ground. You know, <laughs> no. when, I, when I hear people say that anyone can come in, you know, they don't have to abide by our rule of law, that's not the case. You know, this country was established with a revolutionary premise and, and, and principle that the individual was sovereign. And the individual was sovereign because their rights came from their creator, didn't come from man. And you think about all of the governments that existed at the time when the Declaration of Independence was written and signed, they were monarchies. 
and they believed mm -hmm. that the rule was you know encompassed in one person yep. and that one person was the, f the the one that was endowed with all the rights to to tell you your buy and your leave and what you could do and what you couldn't do mm -hmm. and america said no this is a different type of place and in 244 years think about what that ideal has produced because mm -hmm. we believe in that indomitable entrepreneurial spirit and individualism as opposed to a collectivism which you have seen in so many other places that have failed mm -hmm. it's uh, it's interesting to me that <clears throat> sometimes when again trying to stay neutral in whether someone is of one bend or another I say what happens um, when you are talking with someone and you don't really know them that well and you're just chatting and you realize that they have the opposite point of view mm -hmm. than you do. Do you try to go ahead and have that conversation or do you do what I try to do? Honestly, I'm being honest now. I just try to shut the conversation down because in my belief, I don't think it's going to make any difference and it's going to get fire going. Well, you know, one of the things it talks about in the Bible, it says that you're either hot or you're cold. If you look on, I will spew you from my mouth. And I think that you have to be committed to a core set of principles and values and beliefs. Uh, and then you have to be convicted because you're going to be tested. You know, someone's going to come up to you and challenge you. And I think that the American people are looking for individuals that will stand up and say, you know what, you have every right to believe as you believe. But let me tell you why I don't think that that's the, the way forward for this nation or why I believe that's the way forward. And you have that discussion. Now, some people will mm -hmm. start to, you know, spew at the mouth and scream and yell and all these type of things. Yeah. But what you have to understand, Valerie, is if people don't want to have that intellectual conversation and, and debate and discourse with you, mm -hmm. you have won the debate. And you should not shy away from it. And, you know, even, you know, Jesus Christ once said that sometimes you have to, you know, shake the dust off your, your sandals and keep on going. Exactly. And so if you think that you're going to live your life expecting everyone to like you, yeah. you're going to have a very disappointing life. But what you should do is live your life so that people respect you mm -hmm. because you say what you say and you mean what you what you say. You know, my, my mother always said that a man must stand for something or else he'll fall for anything. That's very wise. And she you know, was a I, wise woman. She was a wise woman. Especially when she had a belt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think that is wise advice and, and, and well taken. Well, because we know so much about you on uh, on your stand and your boldness and now what you're going to be doing for the next um, coming up soon i'd like to ask you some fun questions right, fun about time. the man and you have to know uh, listeners that i asked alan i said okay so can i just get silly with you a little bit and have some fun like we did last time because last time <laughs> go back I won't even tell you go back to Memorial Day and watch the podcast we really got silly it had to do with glasses so I'll put on the real ones not the sunglasses one that happened last time here's what I'd like to know okay okay so you're a very disciplined man and I'd like you to describe what your discipline sort of routine is every day as a as a person <laughs> Okay, uh, that's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, I normally get up at uh, you know five thirty, maybe five forty-five, and uh, 
I will go out and uh, do my morning little prayer, and uh, then I will head out for my morning run, uh, anywhere from three and a half up to six miles, depending on the day. I have a six-day running uh, training cycle. Uh, after I uh, come back from running, I'll do uh, you know a few sets of uh, push-ups and crunches, and I will always uh, I say the Lord's prayer. I say uh, the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise and you him. sing it, right? Yeah, I sing it to myself after I finish, you know, the workout, and then I uh, pray the prayer of Jabez, uh, and then I go. Uh, Wait a minute, what's the prayer of Jabez? Uh, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me to protect me from evil, that I shall not cause pain. Mm -hmm. And then I add in. Uh, and that you will bless me with strength and courage and wisdom and discernment to defend faith and freedom for your people. And God grant it as I've requested. Amen. Mm. So uh, I kind of little, put a little spin on that from Joshua and Solomon. Uh, then I'll go back and uh, swim anywhere from about 200 to 250 meter yards. I'm sorry, yards in the in the pool. Uh, then after that, I go in, you know, shower, shave. Uh, I'll come out and then I have my uh, Bible devotional. That I will read. Uh, that's my quiet time with the Lord, to include my quiet time when we're running. I love to run with the Lord. You get a lot of uh, good uh, insights. Uh, and then normally my breakfast is, uh, you know, vanilla almond special K with uh, <laughs> lac lactose uh, intolerant uh, fat free milk. So I try to stay healthy. And uh, then it's off to whatever I have for the day. Now, what time is it by then? Oh, I normally try to knock everything out and be done by 8.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, you know, my morning routine, and then I'm ready for the day. I'm exhausted. I'm hey, just, so. have you ever done any triathlons or something? I did triathlons when did I was you? a young stud. Yeah? yeah back in the, Yeah, and uh, that was pretty, it was mostly the sprint type triathlons where you uh, would do, you know, about uh, 400 to 800 meter swim. Uh, then you would uh, do about, let's see, uh, 25 miles on the bike and then a 10K run. So, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, that was back when I was young, I could do that. If I, if I even thought about it now, I'd probably die of exhaustion. <laughs> All right. Is there anything that you're not disciplined about? Yes. Um, and that is popcorn. Okay. I love my movie theater butter popcorn. <laughs> And uh, we are now in college football season, and and I will just going to be right there. I'm going to be right there. Right there. Every Saturday, uh, if I'm not out and about, is ESPN college football uh -huh. <laughs> from sunup to sundown. And it's real butter. It's real butter. <laughs> okay. Butter, not butter. 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 Okay, it's butter. I got that. <laughs> um, of all your achievements, what are you most proud of? Uh, I'm proud of my daughters. No, uh, because you know, life is not about what you achieve for yourself. It's what it's about what you enable others to achieve. Mm -hmm. So you know, seeing them from the little teeny tiny things that they were mm -hmm. to young responsible women, uh, that that's that's the true measure of success. And they are beautiful. Yes, they are beautiful they young take women. Take after mom. Well, I, I guess had nothing so. to do with it. I guess so. I'm still looking I for the milkman. <laughs> Okay, you were laughing, and that was what something I was going to ask you. Yeah. What makes you laugh? Oh, you know, if if you get around anybody that's been in the military, you know, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coast guard, we have this really crazy sense of humor. Uh, I mean, we can take some, you know, the most 
horrific situations you're out starving you're freezing whatever and we can make jokes about it so uh that that's i i, I really do miss soldier humor it's nothing mm. like it uh how we can poke fun at each other and of course you know when you get around veterans i mean we can still you know bring it up but that's what makes me laugh more than anything else and and hopefully one day tennessee will beat alabama <laughs> <laughs> in f- college football it's been like 15 Cross your years fingers yes it, every third saturday in Tuckles. october uh so you know i would love to laugh at all the alabama fans but for the last 15 years they've just been on me <laughs> well sorry about that i know life sucks life sucks i know once in a while yeah okay so you know that i do a lot of personal branding work mm-hmm what would you say is the one word that describes your brand um focused hmm. i say that's it uh, i mean I, I think that you have to be focused on like i said your core principles and values and uh that has to be your calling card i like that so, focus yeah you know colonel west that we always ask your teachable points of view you've already given us three if there was something right now to tell the listeners that um you'd like for them to hold near and dear to their hearts as we do go into this election what would you say to someone anybody no matter whether they're republican or democrat do your due diligence and study i think that's the most important thing uh just don't sit back and be Mm -hmm. spoon-fed and and to me that's the beauty of us being humans is that god gave each and every one of us our own thinking apparatus and coming back to what I said originally about, you know, not having a system of education but a system of indoctrination, we're not developing the next generation of critical thinkers. Uh, teaching kids how to take a test is not teaching future leaders. And, and I think that that also comes from adults that, uh, you know, really just want to hear what they want to be told. See, leadership, hmm. leadership Valerie, is all about really telling people what they need to hear not what they want to hear but if the people get to the point where they and it says in the bible they want to have their ears tickled Mm -hmm. they're going to follow that even to their own detriment and then that's what i really see happening in the united states of america you know why would anyone stand up and profess philosophies and principles of governance they have never been successful anywhere why would people leave from a failed state because of whatever type of policies and come to another state and want to still have the policies of the failed state? Mm-hmm. So I just want people to critically think and ask themselves the real hard questions and try to answer them instead of just being spoon-fed. Being spoon-fed reminds me of just how much, in a good way, how much knowledge and wisdom and insight can come from, I don't have my cell phone here, but the little thing here that that we hold in our ears and so forth. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, look, you know, once upon a time, you had the Encyclopedia Britannica guy (laughs) that was coming through the neighborhood, and and that was it, you know. And I remember my dad, you know, challenging me, said, I want you to go through every one of those books from A all the way down to Z and and try to get as much knowledge as you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, But think about now, I mean, kids got all this right in the palm of their hands. But they have to have the wisdom and discernment, which is what the young Solomon asked you know, to be gifted from God, wisdom and discernment. He didn't want all the riches and all these things. That's what we need to you know, inculcate 
in, in ourselves. And that's what I think helps me to be very focused mm-hmm. is that I will sit down and I will, you know, do my due diligence and read. You know, that's part of my routine. You know, I close out the end of the day going back and, and reviewing things and reading things and trying to pick up something that is absolutely, you, you know, that little tidbit, like knowing that July the 4th, 1867, the Republican Party of Texas was founded by 150 blacks. That's a powerful statement. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. And so when you can bring out those type of nuggets, then you can open up an incredible conversation. And so. You know, um, when you think about the wisdom and the knowledge that we have at our fingertips and your one word focus in the coaching part of what I do, oftentimes people will say, I am a great multitasker. What would you say about being a great multitasker? You know, one of the things I tell people, I said, what are your priorities? And they'll list like 10 to 15 things. I said, if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. You're not focused. One of, and you remember I shared with this uh, back the last time, uh, one of my leadership principles when I was a commander mm-hmm. was to be the expert in your lane and knowledgeable in one other. In other words, be focused. That's good. And, and I think that's what we need to do. I, I, one of the things about having that little device is that we are so overloaded with information that it overpowers us. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be able to sift through the noise mm-hmm. and keep that focus and understand what are the critical pieces of information I need to be able to make a good and proper decision mm-hmm. instead of being paralyzed yeah. by so much information that you are not able to make a good decision. You, because you sit back and say, well, I need more information because I can get more information. Well, as you're doing that, that window of opportunity just closed. That's true. Yesterday, I had someone on a sh- on the show, Alan, that said something I thought was very powerful, and I'm going to remember it forever because it has to do with how much rest we get, which mm. has to do with focus, which has to do with multitasking. And here's what he said. He said, it's important for a leader to get enough rest. Yes. And the man was a fabulous architect, and he said, when I go to bed at night and I get a really good night's sleep, I wake up with incredible design ideas that I refreshed that I couldn't have thought of Mm -hmm. if I had just kept working, working, working. Yeah. You know, anyone in the military will tell you that you need a a, a good, strong leader. Anyone needs to have at least four hours of uninterrupted sleep so that you can be a good, cognizant uh, individual able to go out and function properly. Now, can you Mm -hmm. go a couple of days maybe without sleep? Yes. But when you start to get on the other side of that, mm-hmm. your functions and your ab- ability to, to, to make critical decisions or, or act, take actions is deteriorating. And so I think yeah. it's so important that we, we take that time out to get those quiet moments. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think also it's very important for us to have those quiet moments with the Lord and just meditate. It doesn't have to be four hours. But you need to have those moments, you know, could be five minutes, 10 minutes, could be several different little pieces throughout the day. But it is great to refresh your mind and your spirit and your, for your well-being. And that's the whole person. That's the whole person. That's concept. the whole person. Yep. What advice has been the most meaningful to you? Well, that's not a funny question. Is that a funny? No. Okay. I'll get back to a funny okay. one. Uh, the advice that's been most meaningful to me, and I shared with you before we uh, went 
Well, one of the many of uh, I shared before we came on air was when my dad said, never read your own press and never drink your own tub water. <laughs> your own tub water. Yeah, never, That's Southern. Yeah, don't get full of yourself. That's, that's what he meant. Yeah. And so I think that, again, you know, if you're going to be focused, you have to be grounded. And you can't uh, sit around and be concerned so much about what other people are saying about you, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Because then that can pull you away from that core sense of principles and beliefs uh, and focus that you have. You don't want people to, to you know, just, just the cheerleaders, and then you don't want to be just totally focused on the detractors. If you feel within yourself that, as you say, doing it right, that you're doing what's right, mm -hmm. then you don't need to worry about the, the praise or the, or the you know, demeaning, denigrating, uh, disparaging comments. You just keep going on true north. And so that's uh, one, of the, one of the key things that my dad taught me because there are plenty of articles that get written about me or whatever, or you know, I'm sure there'll be comments from this podcast. Uh, and I just don't, every now and then maybe I'll peruse a few just to get a flavor of how people are responding to something I've written or something that I, I wrote, see if I'm getting through to them. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, no, I, I just stay focused. Well, and it goes back to really owning the values mm -hmm that you have deep inside. And I tell people, the way you'll know if it's a really deep depth of a value is when someone steps on it, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, no, and it is all about how you respond and react to it, mm -hmm. being it, like I say, the positive or the negative reinforcement. So all this bullying with kids, mm -hmm. I, it's crazy to me. My children, I don't remember that they got bullied, like I'm seeing kids today getting bullied. And you're saying, you know, stay focused and, and you can't be liked by everyone. Yeah. How important it is, I'm making a statement now, for parents to instill that sense of exactly what you said. Yeah. Just let those things go yeah. and don't react. But have you dealt with any friends who have kids that have been bullied and, and hear these stories well, like I do? I mean, you, you've heard about it. And, and of course, you know, my, my daughters, you know, being growing up in South Florida, you know, little girls can get a little petty. Yes, they can. Uh, and that's where you just have to reinforce your, your children. You're beautiful. Yeah. You know, I don't know what they're talking about, but you're beautiful. Yeah. You're beautiful in my eyes. You're beautiful in mom's eyes. You're beautiful in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. Maybe that person needs an eye check. Okay. <laughs> and, and you just have to constantly tell them that every single day so that they're not looking for acceptance from anyone else. That they can be positive. They can be strong. They can be confident in, in who they are. And, uh, you know, that's something just because, you know, my girls are 26 and 22. I still... Every day, you know, tell them how proud I am of them and, and all that they're doing and, and tell them that, you know, you're on top of your, your game. So I think that this whole social media thing has created a, a lot of folks to think they can get away with saying things because they can be a little bit faceless. Yes, totally. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I think that that, again, that is a weakness in the culture that we have here in our country that, you know, in a way we, we're, we're kind of allowing people to be cowardly. You know, if you have a problem with someone, stand up and, and own up to it. Don't try to hide. You know, come out and say, and that, you know, I've had people that, you know, have said some disparaging things about me. And I say, hey, look, it's very simple. If, if you want to come to my face and call me an Uncle Tom, an Oreo, a sellout, a house N-word, or a white man's porch monkey, feel free. Come say it in my Bring face. Bring it on. Bring it on. 
and then you shut it down. Mm-hmm. So as I taught my daughters, you, you, you and, and the military teaches you, you, you move to the sound of the guns. Move there's, to the sound of the there's, guns. There's a time in your life when you can't always run away from confrontation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there was, there was that great song by Kenny Rogers. Everyone considered him the coward of the county. Da, yes, da, da, da. Yes. You got it. And, and so I think there comes a time when you have to make a stand. And the earlier they learn, the we learn, learn the better. Yeah. Still learning. Yeah. You know, in terms of... And, and, and also, that, that is something when you look at foreign relations. There, oh, sure. there are a lot of, you know, leaders of countries that are just bullies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to smack them down. And then they go away. Think about how Ronald Reagan responded uh, when he found out that Libya was behind the bombing of a, a disco in, in Germany. Yes. He bombed the heck out of Libya. You never heard another word from Muammar Gaddafi. You know, I can't even imagine what our government leaders have to think about in making those sure, decisions. Sure. Well, you got to think about people like me that are going to be the ones carrying out those decisions. Yeah. And that's why you have to make the best possible decision. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, those of us that wear the uniform, we understand we got to go into harm's way. We understand we have to move to the sound of the guns. Mm-hmm. But as long as we know that leaders have our back. And, and, and the fact that we know that we're protecting and safeguarding our loved ones mm-hmm. and owning up to the oath that we took to our Constitution, we're good. And, and Alan, thank goodness um, our veterans are so well respected now. Yeah, it used to not be that way. No. Yeah, and I remember when my older brother came back from Vietnam. It, it was not good. Not good. It was terrible, yeah. Well, we've got a lot of good things going on in our country. What no, are of course you, we do. What are you uh, seeing as a... A really positive thing that's happening, let's just say, in, in, in education today. Well, I will tell you that in education, the resurgence of STEM programs. Yes. Uh, that's a very good thing. But I will tell you the most positive thing that I see, you and I go to the same church there at Watermark, the young people. That faith and spirituality is making a way back into the hearts and minds of our young people. Uh, because... We have told them to go looking at everything else to try to fill that God-shaped hole in their heart, but they're coming back to the only person that can fix their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's why I want to see reversal of all these you know, suicides that we have here in the United States of America. No one should ever give up hope. Uh, and so I, I, I do see a, a spiritual awakening happening here in the United States of America, no matter what the secular humanists believe. That's right. Well, and, and well said. With all of the suicides and the stats that are coming out, that they're more and more. Um, that's 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 the only thing that hope. When you lose hope, you've lost everything. You lost everything. You've lost everything. You lost your focus. There you go. That one <laughs> word, boy. Are you branded with focus? I got that. Yeah. Here's something else I'd like to ask about what you're seeing. What about education? Is one. What about business? How we're doing business today? Well, we have a much better business climate. You know, this will be the one political thing that I would say. You know, how absolutely disrespectful it was to have the president of the United States of America once say that if you own a business, you didn't build that. That's Mm -hmm. what makes America unique. That's what has made America great in 244 years Mm -hmm. is that Valerie can go out and have an idea and she can, you you know, embark upon that idea. You may fail. But you know something? You, you get the dust off of you, and you go out there and you continue to try. And that's what we reward in America is the person. That goes, Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena, uh, saying 
that you know it is it is that person that goes into the arena that gets the dust and the and the and the blood and the mire upon them but at least they had the the the, the will and the desire to to try instead of those you know cold hapless souls that sit around and they make a mockery of him so i think that when you look at small business entrepreneurship which is the backbone of Absolutely. our economy 75 to 80 percent of this country small business uh, entrepreneurship we're on the right track for that mm -hmm. and i don't want to see us go back the other way and you know from those small businesses that hire other americans then other americans may have an idea and you spawn another business while that business may grow so that's why you think about once upon a time and i know you got y'all see her nails everybody see, <laughs> see those nails they're really pretty nails right <laughs> they're pretty nails well, guess what? Once upon a time, we didn't have nail salons. That's true. I'm glad I didn't live then. But all because some women came here from Vietnam. Yes. With nothing. So true. But yeah. an idea. Uh-huh. And a drive and a determination in their heart. Now look at this incredible industry that they've created yeah. in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, That's what makes our country great. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I would never. Pretty nails. I would never Mine have thought, you know. I bite, I bite <laughs> my nails. I have a place you can go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but it, you're right. You're absolutely right. So just be aware, I guess, and I'm going to drive down the street now after I leave here. Listeners, drive count down em. the street tomorrow. Count them. And count the amount of shops that are owned often by people of another country. Yes. And they came here and they made it. They and came so through the front we, door. Yep. And they had a, a, a burning desire. Uh -huh. You know, look at the, the all the different little small restaurants that we have here. You know, not too far away from here, the Ethiopian community over on the North Lake Highlands and all the restaurants and the shops and stores that they have. You know, that's, that's America. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, thank you for that. That is such a final statement that makes this podcast end on such a final statement. They were doing it right. They were doing it right. There's so much more that's good and right, and that's the attitude we've got to take. What is, one final question, what is the first thing that you want to do in this new position? I want people to understand how important the state of Texas is for the existence of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And I want them to remember that it was here in Texas that, you know, I went to the University of Tennessee, and we call ourselves the volunteers because a few men came here to fight for liberty and freedom. And when you think about those men that stood at the Alamo, those 185 for 13 mm -hmm. days, and even when surrounded, they would not surrender, they did not retreat, they fought because it was either victory or death, as Colonel Travis said. Mm -hmm. Travis was focused. Mm -hmm. Travis was 26 years of age when he led those 185 men. So read that letter that mm -hmm. Colonel Travis wrote to Sam Houston. And if that doesn't make you want to stand up and fight for this incredible state called yeah. Texas, then you're dead in, in your heart. How do you really feel? <laughs> Colonel, Thank it's you. such a joy. Will Always you come back again? If you want me. <laughs> it really is, you know, to have someone as bold and and frank and to the point and focused as you are about all the right things. 
it makes a difference and i thank you for doing that thank you valerie and i thank you for listening and i want you to come back next time and if you haven't subscribed would you please do that because we always have fabulous guests like colonel you better, west you better subscribe because i have skills and i'll find you if you don't subscribe <laughs> there you go right. from the colonel <laughs> until next time bye for now Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically. <laughs>